Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Opening your door to company or hosting a gathering may not be your cup of tea. In fact, today's podcast topic may even cause some of you to break out in hives. For hospitality may not be your gift or something you enjoy, but we know for many it is. And today, we hope to dig a little deeper into the true gift of showing hospitality and receiving it as well. How can we grow in this area if it is not a natural thing? And how can we grow our gifts to be a testimony to others? Oftentimes, hospitality is lumped into the mindset of a super clean house, a hostess with a mostess, or spending money we do not have. And the myth that hospitality is mere entertainment. Hospitality comes to us from the Greek word philozenia, or love for the stranger. Christian hospitality aims to meet strangers and make them neighbors, and meet neighbors and by God's power, welcome them into the family of God. In contrast, entertainment puts on airs and shoots for the making of good impressions. Hospitality opens arms and doors wide and allows us to live transparently for Christ. When we practice hospitality, we live out our real, messy, and redeemed lives before stranger and brother alike. Today, we look forward to creatively covering the hospitality basics and breaking apart the myths that keep us from living out a calling to live with welcome arms and open hearts for all the right reasons. So Kate and Jamie, I am dying to hear if you are a hospitality enthusiast or do you find yourselves maybe like those listening, a bundle of nerves when it comes to this topic? I love hospitality. I mean, I grew up with it, so, and we'll talk more about it, but yeah, I'm, I'm an enthusiast. Well, I didn't grow up with hospitality. My, both of my parents were introverts and kind of kept to themselves. And maybe that's why I've swung the pendulum the other way. And I think my door is always revolving and people are always coming in and out and we're going there. Yeah, so I'm definitely for all of it. Okay, so for the non-hospitality enthusiasts, maybe that person listening, or maybe we all know someone like that, you know, the person with the least creative bone in their body, or maybe they think that they are, and feeling no calling to planning and prepping and serving. Let's talk about that. So where do they begin? Um, And should they? Should they begin and why? Well, I think they should. Now, like I said before, I am a hospitality enthusiast because I love to cook. Having people over doesn't intimidate me, but I'm not an introvert. I'm an extrovert. So, you know, that that does help. And I grew up in a home where my mom had people over all the time. So it's just something I'm used to. It's not a challenge for me, but I know that some folks really struggle with it, especially if you are an introvert. But here's the thing. I don't think hospitality has to be hard or overwhelming. Really, it's simply opening your home and your heart to others, inviting them into a safe place. It does not have to mean a fancy meal or a big party. It can be so much simpler. Now, we live in a community here in Franklin, Tennessee, where everybody has a front porch. And we love to sit on our front porch in the early evening. 
So it gives us a great opportunity when somebody walks by, it's not unusual at all for us to just say, hey, come up on the porch and chat for a while. Sometimes they have their dog with them and it doesn't really matter to us, but we've made so many new friends that way and that's not intimidating at all. They don't even have to come into my house for me to offer them just that front porch or picnic table hospitality. So it can be as simple as that or it can be as fancy as a big dinner party for 14 people. But I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> If you're a mom with small kids. <laughs> well, I, I guess I want to just start by saying we throw a lot of shoulds around um, this podcast, and I don't want anybody to feel the pressure of doing something that is beyond their particular moment, um, beyond their skill level, or even their maybe season of life. But I just want to look at hospitality really quickly before I maybe throw out some tips. I want us to look at hospitality for for the way scripture views it. And maybe in doing that, it'll really release some of the pressure that we might have for what we think hospitality is supposed to be or should be. I think table life and breaking bread with others is important because I think it was important to Christ. If you look at his life, he bookended so many of his miracles with meals. And I think it's because he knew that the table is a place where all the secret and hidden things happen in our souls when we eat a meal in community. And I think the world recognizes this too. I mean, if you think about it, so much of our cultural moments center around food, you know, business deals are made over a meal. We celebrate meals specifically around holidays and celebrations. I think it's so much more than food though. I think hospitality is more about nourishment and there really is a difference. And I think Jesus knew that it's an act of love that we can give to others. Um, I think if we remember too, that if we are one in Christ, he is at this very moment preparing a lavish wedding feast for us. So he himself is just this great example of hospitality. And I think if we also to remember that it's about people, it's really not about, you know, the place or even the preparation. Hopefully in, in getting that perspective that it's about the other person that will kind of release us from the pressure of making everything perfect. So you asked me what um, kind of a go-to tip is for somebody who maybe isn't a hospitality enthusiast or is maybe just tiptoeing into this arena. My two biggest tips are, number one, have a go-to meal that is your, your meal you always reach for when you have to host something or bring something. So I have um, this strawberry bar recipe that if ever I'm tasked to bring something to say a potluck or if, if people are um, swinging over unexpectedly, I know I have all the ingredients for those strawberry bars in my freezer or in my pantry right now. And I can whip it up without even looking at the recipe card anymore. And it might seem sort of ho-hum to make the same thing every time, but it's a new thing to that person. You know, it's a new thing to bring to that party. So I don't have to waste any mental energy thinking about like, what am I going to bring to this thing? I just know what I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring those strawberry bars. And my next tip is to go to the dollar store and get some of those um, tin disposable 
meal carriers. You know what I'm talking about? They're like cookie trays, but they're made of tin, or maybe they're like lasagna pans, but they're made of tin and, and they're disposable. I usually have a big stack of those in my pantry in varying sizes so that if I have a, if I've made a really big meal and we have a few extra servings, I can put it in those tins and freeze it for maybe the mom who just had a baby that I can, you know, have it in my freezer and ready to go whenever I need to take it out. Or I can just um, make a meal that day for my sick friend and bring it over to her and not have to give her the added job of washing something and, and finding me to return it again. I just think it's a kindness you can offer to someone by giving them some disposable dishware that they could just throw away and not have to clean and return. You know, Jamie, as you were talking about that strawberry bar recipe, I was thinking, you know what it is about hospitality? When we get into a simple um, plan like that, I think we become known for that item. Like you're probably known as the strawberry bar girl and I'm known as like the pretzel salad or pumpkin muffin recipe girl. And I think we all have our thing, but that's the neat thing about it. People get excited because we have something special to offer, even if it's just this one thing. So, you know, maybe not overcomplicate it, just simplify it. I love those tips. We're going to put those tips on um, our show notes and in our Instagram feed so everyone can get those. And maybe Jamie can share her strawberry bar recipe. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd also say with that September, if you feel like that's getting really um, boring to bring the same thing, pick something each season. So make something out of seasonal items. So like in the summer, I have this iced coffee recipe that if I'm getting together with girlfriends, I make a big batch and I bring it. And that's kind of what I'm known for in the summer. So you can still have some variety, even though you're sticking with one thing, just mix it up from season to season. Right. Well, that's awesome. I think, you know, just what I took away from that was hospitality isn't about us. It's about others. And when it comes to how to begin, just to those two simple tips, just be prepared with something simple and um, be prepared to duplicate what you're already doing at home. Sometimes we think it's something extra and maybe we're just duplicating what we're already doing at home and sharing that. Um, so I kind of want to talk about also today though, hospitality and the gospel. And um, how is this an opportunity to share the gospel? Is it always necessary? Uh, should it always be this biblical approach to hospitality? But that's what we're talking about today. So how, how has it been like that for you, girls? You know, just showing kindness to someone can open the door to sharing Christ with them. We, it's, it's interesting. We have a family that just moved in in the last month across the street, a, a mom and dad and a grown son. And we had, we met them, spent a great evening on the porch with them one night and not a week later, the husband had a major stroke and passed away. I mean, this just happened like two weeks ago, but Mike, my husband has been reaching out to the son, particularly he even came over. Mike had a men's gathering the other night and this young man came over and he he's had a great opportunity to chat with him about heaven and eternity because they kind of quasi go to church, sort of believe in God and all that stuff, you know, as he says. But, you know, even though he's not a, a full-on Christ follower, my husband's getting through to him just by showing kindness, just by inviting him over. I'm, I have some things I'm going to be doing with the wife because she's in that place right now of just deep grief, but I'm going to be reaching out to her to just show her love and compassion. 
And I'm, I'm certain God put them across the street from us and from all the other Christians in our neighborhood for a reason. And I really look, I just look forward to see what happens in this relationship. But I think sometimes hospitality is as simple as just being available. Absolutely, Kate. I think hospitality is often the first step in sharing the gospel. And, and I think that for two reasons. One, I think Jesus um, showed us by his example that you really have to meet the need in someone's hand before you can meet the need in their heart. You look at his life. That's really what he did. And I think, too, if done right, meaning without pretense or in, in an attempt to show off, it really says to the other person, you don't have to clean yourself up first to come to God. It's come as you are. I just want to um, refer to a verse, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6. And in that verse, Peter refers to Christians as stones, and that's the Greek word lithos. I think I'm saying that right, L-I-T-H-O-S. And that's actually the same word that is used to refer to the stone that was rolled away to reveal an empty tomb. So if you think about it, we, in our hospitality, are to be stones opening away, revealing Christ's resurrection to the world. And that's really at the root of what hospitality should be to us who are in Christ. You know, I was thinking as you were reading those verses, Jamie, from First Peter, that sometimes people see Christ in us, um, how he's made us new, this new life. And we don't always have to verbally share the gospel right away when we're doing and living and sharing in hospitality. Um, people see us, see Christ in us. And that's just like an inroad, a door to be able to share what his truth is. Um, I don't even know if hospitality is a common practice or art in today's culture. So when we as Christians are practicing hospitality, we're not just doing it to get to know our neighbors or to, you know, impress someone. We're doing it um, to live out Christ in our lives for other people. And people see that, I think. It's a stark contrast to the world. Um, but, you know, it makes me think, is hospitality always about opening our doors or having people over? Um, is, it, is it the actual act or is there more to it? What, is, what do you think of that? I don't think it's that at all. I think it's as simple as talking to your neighbors or the lady behind you in the grocery store with a screaming toddler that you've been there, you've done that, you can give her a little help and a maybe, you know, just some encouragement. I, I think it's just being kind, it's being available. It is not about the perfect house or the perfect meal, but it's really an attitude or a character trait that's willing to invite another person into your life. I think as Christ followers, that's something we have to be willing to do. We can't close ourselves off. So just invite them in however that looks. I mean, it's as simple to me as having coffee with a friend, taking a meal to a new mom, or having a few friends over for pizza. It does not have to be fancy. It can if you want it to be. I like to do that stuff, but I, you know, I come, up, I come from a very different era where you use China and the good dishes, but there's many times where I'm just, it's paper plates, you know, you're getting what you're getting, but it's not about that. It's about the fellowship. It's about the relationships that you make. It's about pressing into the people that you know in your life. And especially in my neighborhood where there's a good mix of, of Christians and non-Christians, it's just a great opportunity for us to just love on them. So that's what it is to me, not, not just having people into your house and providing a, a great meal. 
You said it, Kate. That's excellent. I, I can't even add anything to that list. The only thing I'll say is I think we have to be really careful as believers that we don't make people a project. So what you said about hospitality being a way to an inroad to relationship, that really is the starting point and should be our focus that we are hospitable in order to start and cultivate a relationship, hopefully with the idea that that would lead to the gospel. But we we have to be careful not to treat our neighbors and our friends as a project. I think they'll see right through that. Okay. So what we want to do today uh, is break simple hospitality down into, I think like three or four different steps. So I'm going to prompt some ideas. You guys chime in. Let, let me know. Let's share with our uh, listeners today. What does simple hospitality look like? What can that look like today? Well, taking a meal to a neighbor, driving a friend to the airport, you know, it really, it's, it's not, we, we put it around food and that is a big part of hospitality. Cause Jamie, as you were saying, that's how Christ modeled it. I mean, then that's how it's modeled quite a bit in the Bible, old and new Testament. But I think it's really just being a friend, being friendly, doing the things that people need, reaching out however you can, um, bringing flowers to a new neighbor. It's just, it's little things like that. It's not, it's, it's not a great big giant. It shouldn't ever be an overwhelming, oh, I have to show hospitality to somebody today. It should spring naturally out of our relationship with Christ, I think. I think too, it's meeting the need that's right in front of you. So we just had um, two single guys move in next door. They're brothers. They're doctors. So they're very busy, but they're single guys. And so one way that we've found an inroad to being able to build a relationship with two single guys is whenever I'm baking bread, I make two loaves and I bring one over or baking whatever. It's just doubling that recipe and bringing it over. And man, that speaks volumes to these two single guys that really don't cook or bake. I think to, to remember what season you're in and to recognize that everybody's not in that same season and just be really intentional in preparing your space to welcome people of all different seasons and what that can look like practically. So I'm out, out of the baby season. My youngest is seven and I got rid of my high chair a long time ago and my pack and play quite a while ago for a long time. I didn't have any baby toys, but now we're in a new city that is mostly um, young people, college students, a lot of young families. And most of the people that I invite over to my house, I'm finding have really, really little ones. So I'm on the mission, on the lookout right now for some inexpensive like um, table stools and a high chair. And I've gathered a few little kid toys that my kids don't need or play with, but I want to be able to have a home where my guests feel welcome and served, including the youngest of guests. So my... Um, pastor's wife actually does such an excellent job of this. She doesn't have any babies either, but right next to her couch is a little basket full of baby toys because she hosts a lot of young families in her house and she wants them to feel so welcome. So I think it's just looking for ways to meet the needs of the people in your circle and remember that it's about them. I'd, I'd also encourage people to look outside of their regular circles. Look for the uninvited. We went to a church for several years where there was a lot of widows and widowers. And one time we had this gentleman, this elderly gentleman over for dinner, and he was just talking about how since his wife died, he has had most of his meals at the Costco deli. 
because he can't cook for himself and um, it's just a cheap and easy meal. And I thought, this is, this is where the church needs to be stepping up and inviting these widows and widowers over to be included. You know, scripture talks about how, you know, he's, he sets the lonely in families. So look for the uninvited, the singles in your church that maybe are not always included in, in the marriage, the couple's activities, the outliners. I think that's just a simple way to show hospitality and to meet the actual needs of the people that you're trying to love. But wouldn't you say that sometimes hospitality is uncomfortable or inconvenient? You know, I'm, we're talking here and I'm thinking some people uh, just don't feel comfortable talking to others because one, maybe they fear that they're going to step on their toes by offering to bring them food or invite them over. Maybe they just are uncomfortable having strangers in their home. Uh, maybe this is just way out of their comfort zone or inconvenient because they're already tired or have a full-time job. I know serving Christ is somewhat inconvenient with today's culture and busy schedules. And honestly, I know for many people, this is a really uncomfortable topic, whether it's something they're able to do or not. You know, there might be a mom that's an amazing cook and she has um, the skill set for hospitality, but she's, she's just really, you know, feeling uncomfortable with this topic of the inconvenience or um, having different people in her home. I know as we have been raising our children, my husband is the king of hospitality. And of course, I've just kind of grown up with him in that, in our marriage years. My husband has brought people to my doorstep, homeless people with garbage bags of clothes. And they were um, recovering from drug addiction. There were people on parole from prison. They had no place to live. They had children. And he said, they're going to, they're going to stay with us for a while. It wasn't just, they're coming to dinner. And so we, I just got sheets and I took my um, older teens aside and I said, I want you to take these garbage bags of clothes to the laundromat and I want you to wash them all and fold them. They were thick with cigarette smoke and crawling with bugs and they lived with us for months. And my life was turned upside down. That was the epitome of inconvenience. And uh, we were safe. You know, it, was, it wasn't an unsafe situation, but we've done that many, many times. Um, single moms and people recovering from uh, some addictions. And I have learned the value of hospitality because really it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't all about them. Uh, my family grew now my kids have a heart of hospitality. So, you know, maybe you're the mom listening to this or the person listening and you're thinking, I just don't know about this for our family. Let me tell you the, the invaluable gift of what it means to serve Christ, even when it's uncomfortable, is a lesson your kids will never forget. And now my kids, they, they live in a world of hospitality. It's just like part of who they are. They don't even think twice of it. They sometimes will call us on a Saturday night or one hour before dinner on Sunday and they'll say, Hey, we invited some friends for big family dinner on Sunday. Can they come? And you know, that was the day I had nothing prepared. And so I just go to my pantry like you, pan um, Jamie, and I pull out those extra boxes of cornbread mix that I had and, you know, I just whip something together, but I just wanted to touch on that topic about how sometimes it, 
it's not easy. And um, it doesn't have to be as extreme as, you know, having homeless people live in your home, but even the smallest bit of going out of our comfort zone is an example to our children. And this is a podcast for moms. So I just want to encourage you, your kids are watching and they're learning. And I'd say too, to add to that September, you know, I know that there's probably moms out there who there's a little bit of fear in putting yourself out there to invite a new person, to be the one who extends the invitation. That can be very fearful. You know, what if they say no? But here's the thing, the worst thing they're going to do is say no. And everybody loves to be invited. I remember one particular Sunday, we were new to this church and I looked over and I saw a single lady that I had met at uh, a few weeks before and young girl, maybe in her twenties. And I just had this prompting to invite her over after church for lunch. And I was kind of having this inner conversation with myself saying, well, what does she want to come and hang out with a near 40 year old woman and all of her children? My house is a mess. I actually only have grilled cheese sandwiches on the menu for today. Why would this, you know, 20 something want to come over, but I just couldn't shake it. And I just thought, Jamie, extend the invitation. And if she says, no, that's okay. You know, everybody loves to be invited to something, even if, you know, you can't make it. And I walked over and I just said, you know, I'm sure I filled out all kinds of apologies and, and all of the um, excuses about how pathetic the whole meal was going to be. But lo and behold, she took me up on it and was so excited that somebody was including her. So I would just say, especially if you are fearful, um, and maybe this is way outside your comfort zone to even put yourself out there just take one step forward and, and extend the invitation and be the one um, to have open arms to someone else. And, and you'll be surprised with the, the rippling effect of that. Well, let's talk about not breaking the bank. Uh, you know, sometimes we have this idea that we have to spend a lot of money or do something big. Maybe we can just give some simple tips basic tips on how to not break the bank. You know, it doesn't have to be long, just maybe just three or four bullet point things that moms can write down while they're listening right now. Maybe they're things they've thought of, but maybe there's something new. We all have something different to offer. I don't have much new, but I'd say just do a potluck. You know, if it's neighbors or, or folks in your, in your circle that you get with from time to time, just have everybody bring stuff. Then you're not stuck with having to do everything and going out and buying all the stuff, but everybody brings something that keeps it simple. Um, I think that, or just like for us, just having people on the porch, that doesn't cost anything unless we want to give them something to drink, iced tea or something like that, but just keep it simple. I only have two quick tips. One is buy thrifted dishes. I don't know if I've shared this here before, but I have all white dishes that I've picked up at tag sales and yard sales and thrift shops, and none of them match. The only commonality is that they're all white. And because they only cost, you know, 50 cents here, 75 cents there, if one of them gets broken, oh well, I'm out 50 cents. But I can buy a lot of them cheaply and have enough to serve a big crowd. And um, I don't have to feel like I have to serve things on, you know, pretty white china because thrifted dishes work for babies nine months old to women 99 years old. And then the second thing is um, kind of 
going along with what Kate said about a potluck, I like to serve, um, have like themed meals where maybe it's a taco bar and I'll supply the main parts to it, but then invite the guests to add to it. Like you bring the lettuce and you bring the cheese. You can do that with like a potato bar, a baked potato bar or soup. I have a couple of soup recipes where I make the meat and the broth and then people bring things and add to the soup. You can also do this with like a charcuterie board, which is just a board of meats and cheeses and fruits and veggies. It's just very simple, but that gives everybody something to bring or to do so they feel like they're contributing too, and they don't have to bring a hostess gift. That is the hostess gift. Perfect. Perfect. You know, I just always have a shelf in the back of my pantry um, that has paper products that I grab at the local dollar store for um, picnics and things like that. So I always have something that I can just throw away and not worry about the dishes. It saves money and time for me. And when I go to the grocery store, I always load up on things that I normally wouldn't feed my family, you know, cheaper things, maybe the boxed cornbread, um, things that I can, brownie mixes, you know, I just grab three or four at a time. That's three or $4. Then I have them and a family of 10 or four come over. I can just pop a pan of brownies in the oven. Another thing we do is I don't obsess over my home because when people leave, um, they're not even paying attention to that. They just are so overwhelmed that someone invited them over. And so when we have people for a meal, we just sit on our deck if it's nice weather in lawn chairs, or I bring all the stools and the chairs from the schoolroom, any folding chairs we've had, and everything is mismatched. And I don't, I don't worry about it anymore. I do like to keep a couple of special tablecloths in my linen closet um, just to throw out. I do have disposable tablecloths sometimes, but these are things over the years that I've grown to realize are just super simple ways to make um, things a little bit more special when people are coming over and they, and they don't break the bank. Um, let's talk to the advanced hospitality enthusiast, the person who's listening to this and they're like, been there, done that. I'm a pro. I could write a book um, on this hospitality thing. Uh, what can they consider doing with their hospitality ministry that may seem out of the box and really, most importantly, how can they further spread the gospel with it? Um, I know the three of us, you know, we're, we're big on hospitality. We have this podcast. We're, we're openly sharing our voice and our lives with you, welcoming you to the table. So we've all lived in a spirit of hospitality for a long time. And so we hope that the tips that we've shared for the newbie and those, you know, contemplating that have been helpful. But for the person who's living this life of hospitality, what can we encourage them with right now? Gosh, there's so many things. And, and I, I want to go back to the word entertain because I think it gets a bad rap in Christian circles. We're always saying hospitality, we don't entertain. But when you look closely at the word entertain, you see two words, enter and in. You enter my world and I enter yours. And we usually do it around the table. The word's origin is in Old Middle English and it means to hold mutually. Don't you love that? I just think that is so cool. Um, I hold you and you hold me as we enter into each other's lives. It can also mean hold together, stick together, support, which sounds exactly like family to me. You come into my world, my life, my table, let me pamper you, make you feel special, 
and you know, I'll use the good China because you're worth it, but I'm crazy that way. Um, but one thing about advanced hospitality, my husband and I just started a life group in our home and we haven't hosted one in years, but we knew the Lord was prompting us to do it. And you know, there's weeks we're not going to want to do it that you just, you're just like, Oh, I got all these people coming over tonight, but you know what? He prompted us. We said, yes, we stepped out. Will it be inconvenient sometimes? I'm sure it will, but it's so worth it to connect and share the gospel. And we've even invited some of our neighbors who don't yet know the Lord and we're, we're praying they'll come. I don't know. They haven't yet, but we'll see. Now I do love to cook. So our life group will have food, but you don't have to center hospitality around a meal. Although that is, as Jamie was saying, that's often what Jesus did. And he's the example we look to. So, I mean, I, I love sharing food with people. But again, like we've said, it can, we can keep it very simple. We don't have to get crazy. But you can if you want to. There's no real rules of hospitality. Just enter in. Let them enter into your life. You enter into theirs. For those who are wanting to take hospitality to the next step, I just have a couple of tips. One, I would say budget for it. Put it as a line item in your budget and, and make an extended maybe grocery budget that bigger than you would normally budget for. Or maybe it's a matter of, you know, spending a couple extra dollars this month to buy a bedding set that is used for guests or towels, or maybe make up a basket um, to put beside the bed of bathroom linens and, you know, fun soap and tissues so that way when people do come over, they just feel so welcome and they don't even have to feel like they need to nag you or even ask for, you know, do you have any bottles of water or an extra hand towel for when I go to the bathroom? Just um, have that ready for them. I think too, um, show up for the important moments in people's lives, especially when you think of like singles, widows, widowers. Um, like I said, I live in a college town. So it's often that these college students are away from home and they don't have parents who can easily come up to, you know, see their music recital or their speech or debate team meet or whatever. So show up for those big things to fill in the gaps for people who are missing family, even for a short time. And then too, I think if you're, um, wanting to go the extra mile, volunteer to host a missionary in your home. We've done that many times, uh, hosted missionary whole families while they're on furlough for a few days or even a week. And I realize not everybody has the space, but let me tell you, for a long time, we lived in a house that only had one bathroom. It was teeny tiny and there's seven of us. And we had a family of seven come and stay with us for several days. And actually the day before they were to arrive, our hot water heater broke. So that was a whole lot of adventure, but they were just so grateful that somebody was willing to host them and they didn't have this, have to spend the money on extra um, hotel fees. And so just look for opportunities to provide maybe an extended stay for someone. And then um, look for opportunities to welcome the uninvited to your holiday festivities. I know that can kind of seem awkward and it might even seem a little awkward to maybe your extended family, but we've hosted several events um, for holidays where I've just put out a call on social media to say, hey, we're hosting Thanksgiving this year. If you don't have a place to head to, you know, in a lot of 
homes where it's maybe a divorce situation where one spouse is getting all the kids and the grandkids this year and the other one is left alone. Hey, if, if that's you, you have a spot at my table. You come on over and, and people have taken us up on it and it might seem a little awkward at first, but, um, you'll be surprised what a gift that can be, not just for them, but also for you. So I think if you just go the extra mile and look for ways that you can serve, um, maybe even outside your home. You know, if you are gifted in this area, you feel like hospitality is definitely something that you can show big love in small ways. I often say, you know, love is in the details. Go the extra mile and look outside your home for even parachurch organizations that could really use your gifts of hospitality. My family and I have served at soup kitchens. We've also been the coordinators for an area um, homeless ministry that that ministers to displaced mothers and children, and they just needed somebody to come and and um, put together small apartment rooms for these mothers and children, and and that was like right in my wheelhouse. And it didn't require a whole lot from me, just a little extra time and planning, but it was right within my own giftings. And so to be able to organize a, an inviting space for these these families to come and stay for a few days when they needed a, a safe place to land. That was an opportunity for me to extend hospitality to people, you know, I never met before. I probably won't meet again, but it was an opportunity to love them through service. And, you know, I was thinking as we were talking that this is a great opportunity for someone who is really gifted in hospitality to maybe mentor others in hospitality, you know, be the mentoring woman, be that type of woman that uses that gift to mentor young, young girls in your community, maybe with a cooking class or how to thrive on hospitality. What does it look like? You know, use it for that purpose. Um, we're just all about mentoring over here. So that's just a, I've done this. It's exciting. Um, how to do a place setting just, I mean, you can go to the moon and back with this topic or just keep it simple. But um, I just want to wrap up today's episode with this question. I feel like this is important, especially in today's culture. I want to talk really quickly, if we can, about opening our doors in today's culture um, and how this may look different from, you know, maybe quote unquote, back in the day when people would just come and go, your door was revolving, there weren't safety issues or stranger issues or um, things like that. Like, what is that? What does this look like? And how can it look different? Um, I have, I have a few thoughts, but I want to hear what, what do you girls think? Well, I grew up in back in the day, <laughs> way back in the day, but you know, it's a different world. I, I grew up in the fifties and sixties and, and today folks are a lot more suspicious and a lot less trusting we're in a culture war. I mean, we just, we are, and we can't be ignorant of what's going on all around us. There is a lot of crazy out there. There's a lot more drugs. There's a lot more stuff than when, that I experienced growing up, but people are curious. And when they know you go to church, often they want to know more. And our job is to model Christ and his love to those who don't know him. Even the ones who maybe we just don't understand their lifestyle, or we've not been exposed to that, or it's scary or it's controversial they still they still want to know because i believe that desire to know god is in everybody at at some level but not by pushing it on them but just by loving them by offering them a meal of grace really it's our job to be intentional in offering hospitality to others i can't think of a single reason not to 
I think in today's culture, you definitely have to be prepared when extending hospitality. You definitely have to prepare yourself and perhaps your children for some messy living. You know, neighbors with maybe differing lifestyles, even differing sexual ethics. Um, and you have to be prepared to have some of the hard conversations, um, like you were saying, September, with the the man who was homeless and he brought in his bag of clothes with bugs in them. You know, you have to prepare your kids to have um, and have these hard conversations so that they're ready for it. But I think in order to feel at home with the gospel, somebody has to feel at home with you. And so you have to be prepared for messy living. I recently read a statistic that came out of the National Institute of Health that said the number one public health crisis right now is loneliness. And that loneliness breeds, you know, a whole bag of, of issues, health issues, but that should say something to us. And as Christians, here is our opportunity to um, pour into somebody in a very physical, but eventually spiritual way is to welcome in, them into our homes and to show them really um, radical hospitality. And in light of that, I'd really recommend if, if you're wanting to dive deeper into this topic of hospitality and what it looks like in our culture, in our messy living culture, I'd highly recommend the book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key by Rosaria Butterfield. I think she does such an excellent job of unpacking what it looks like to invite somebody into your home that may be worlds different than, than you and your family. I think just one last thing I want to add, September. I think though we do have to use wisdom and prayer, especially if we've got small kids in the house, we, we do need to ask the Lord, you know, is this safe? Is this person that maybe is way outside of our understanding of their lifestyle? Is this okay? And just get that guidance, get that inner, you know, witness of the Holy Spirit, just, just to protect your family. Right. So I just want to end the podcast with a little story about hospitality and what it looks like as a mom of little ones in today's culture. Raising my kids, you know, we've had a lot of people come through our door, but I knew that I wanted my kids to be exposed to hospitality outside of our home and what that looks like. And so if you're a mom and you're just a little leery about bringing people into your home and you're not quite ready to rearrange your furniture and whip up a big meal, maybe you're just basically surviving right now, this might be something that you could consider. So I would have the kids uh, once a week sit down, maybe once a month, I should say, sit down and just color a picture and, um, and fold it into a neat little square. And then I would load them up with a diaper bag into our big van. And it was our prayer mission, hospitality mission, and we would drive through the neighborhood. And we also, the day before, had whipped up, um, used up all of our old bananas and made a big triple batch of banana bread into the really tiny loaves, disposable pans. I would then wrap it in parchment paper, tape it. The kids just thought that was the greatest thing. So each of them had a mini loaf of banana bread, a special card that they had made. And I told them I wanted them to pray before we left the driveway because we were going to show hospitality to our community in a safe and um, special way. So they just thought this was the greatest thing. And what happened is I allowed them each to pick a place to stop. Sometimes it was the park. Sometimes it was someone they knew. Um, and this particular day, 
that I wrote about in my book, actually, we um, were driving through the town, the kids were tired, we had already made like four or five deliveries, and the kids just loved it. And they made great connections, they could see the joy that their hospitality on wheels had brought to so many people's homes. Um, but this particular stop uh, was a home of a man that lived right across the church. And he always sat out in his lawn chair and he always just watched people come and go, come and go, come and go. And uh, he never really smiled, never really waved to anyone. Um, but he saw us and we saw him and we were both very aware of each other. And this went on for probably two years. And this particular day, um, one of my kids said, I want to stop here with our last loaf of banana bread and card. So I pulled in. Honestly, I was a little nervous because he was a little stern in appearance and I didn't know how this was going to go. And it was a hot July day. The kids were just, you know, ready to go home. I was ready to go home. It wasn't convenient hospitality on wheels. And uh, so I sent my older son, who was probably 12, 13 to the door. I could see him. I was sitting right in the front seat of the car. Um, changed a diaper on my lap while he went to the door and he knocked on the door and then I put the baby back in the car seat and I waited no one came to the door so I kind of motioned him back with my hand come back to the come back to the van come back to the van we're just gonna leave leave the bread on the porch with your note so we we're getting ready to leave his driveway and this man came to the door and he walked straight to my window I was a little nervous. The kids were kind of squabbling in the backseat and, oh, they were just tired. And I didn't really know what this man was going to say. I was a little nervous. We had offended him with stopping and dropping off this bread. And he came to my window and he said, can I help you? Uh, and I said, well, we were just, you know, you know, going through the neighborhood and delivering uh, bread. The kids wanted to um, just be kind and say hello to people today. And he said, well, why did you stop here today? He was just kind of gruff. And I could see my kids had kind of hushed in the back of the van. And um, I was waving my hand behind my seat to get them to be quiet. Um, and I said, well, you know, just today we felt led by God to stop at your house and um, extend the uh, hospitality right to your door. And I tried to be really cheery and not nervous. And um, he said, well, I just, I just got home from the cemetery. He said, my daughter had twin, twin baby boys born, and we just buried them. And then these tears just started rolling out behind his dark sunglasses. And he said, you have no idea how this changed my life. He said, this means so much to me. And it was in that moment I realized that we can never really know what God has planned for his prompting and his hospitality, our hospitality, because that very day was the anniversary of our own twin boys death and burial and god only knew that god only knew that that would be the house that we delivered bread to that day and he he and i just had this bond i drive by his house my kids drive by we wave to him he knows who we are he knows we go to church i was able to share the hope of our own story with him and i just walked away and thought lord this is what hospitality is it's like being real in our everyday situations. And so if you're the mom that's leery of just opening your door wide to the community, maybe this is an idea that would work for you. You know, just engage your children in prayer and just little cards, make, use your old bananas for banana bread, whatever it looks like for you, but don't leave God out of it. Let your kids see the power of hospitality. So we may not see this topic as a ministry for ourselves. Maybe it's not a strength or a desire of yours. But maybe today we can remember to meet the need in hand 
before we meet the need in the heart. Just like Jamie said, hospitality is about others. And we know this can be uncomfortable and often inconvenient, but let's remember to walk in love towards others and perhaps begin today with reaching out and taking that step. We want you to be sure to find some of our favorite recipes and our links and tips for hospitality in our show notes. You can find those at momtomompodcast.com or on Instagram. We're so glad that you've joined us here today on hospitality. Maybe you can share your story with us, send us a message. We'd love to highlight you. Thanks for listening.